from recruiting and consulting firm RiderFlex. I'm your host, Steve Urban, and here is your RiderFlex podcast episode of the day. Keith Pepper on the RiderFlex podcast again for the second time. Hello, Keith. How are you, sir? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me back. You bet. Are you in Atlanta today? I am. I am. I've been in Atlanta, save a couple of beach trips since uh, since March. <laughs> you know, uh, when I saw you last, it was December 2018 in New York. Scott and I were in New York. My partner and I were in New York, and you were working for Albrain, and we were trying to land some recruiting work with Outbrain. So we were doing a sales call and you were nice enough to let us visit the office and give you a pitch and all that. Uh, that was when RiderFlex was a little smaller. I remember you doing that. By the way, I really appreciate that, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> and, I've, and then you came on the uh, RiderFlex podcast, which was a great episode. And then I've been following you on LinkedIn and, you know, just staying in touch and and one day I open up LinkedIn and, and I see this, this news that you bought a newspaper in Atlanta. I'm like, what the hell? What? <laughs> I, I got to reach out to Keith and find out what's going on. <laughs> yeah. If you, you, as I say, if you want your friends to look at you like you have two heads, tell them that you're buying a newspaper uh, company in 2020. <laughs> I definitely took a second look. In fact, I was just having lunch with my wife before the podcast and I told her who was going to be on the podcast today. And I mentioned that you bought a paper and that's the exact look she gave me. She kind of looked up from her food and she's like, what? Well, why? And I said, well, I'm about to find out. <laughs> but before you get into it though, can you just give the listeners a, just a little reminder about you personally, a little family stuff, maybe where you grew up and then touch on a little bit of your early career before we roll into Springs Publishing? Yeah, sure. And that actually ties back into why I'm here buying a newspaper company, but I was born and raised in Atlanta. Uh, I grew up here in the sort of the inner suburbs of Atlanta. I went to the University of Georgia uh, and then left Atlanta when I, for the first time went traveling abroad after college in, in 1993, 94, had an opportunity to live abroad. And, and, and that really piqued my interest to, to get out of Atlanta and explore, um, explore the world beyond. So I spent almost 20, 22 years in, in, uh, in New York with a brief stint in DC before that. And then I came back to Atlanta in uh, about 18 months ago, um, moved back permanently, left, left New York um, after being there for, for about 20 years uh, total living there. So I, I started my career when I was 16. My first job was at a local radio station here in Atlanta. Cool. Uh, and then I went, you know, had a passion for for journalism, for uh, all parts of it, really. I told someone recently when we were a we were a three newspaper family every morning when I was growing up that, that right? we got delivered to the house. And then when I was in high school, that wasn't enough for me. So I personally paid for a subscription to the afternoon paper back in you know when Atlanta had two newspapers. We had a morning paper and an afternoon paper. Wow. Um, so it runs deep in my in my blood to get me um, you know, the, the, the passion for media and um, the importance, which I know we'll talk a lot about um, a little bit later. So in the time in New York, I worked in a, in a handful of different Internet startups, um, mostly in the digital me digital media marketing space, um, also in, in the data and information services. Um, so 
uh, you know, it, like any startup story, a couple of, of um, you know, ones that didn't really go anywhere. And then uh, a couple of you know, better stories, including um, one that we sold to Experian, um, which was a, a great experience. And then also um, I spent five years where I met you working at Outbrain, um, which is a, a global, uh, you know, advertising platform um, that works with publishers. And, and so um, that's where I left Outbrain about at the end of Q3 last year. So time feels so abstract <laughs> given 2020. Um, it was, I wrapped up at Outbrain officially in uh, the end of Q3 in 2019. Gotcha. Okay, now you didn't move right away though. You stayed in New York for a while, right? You, you, did you just move back to Atlanta? No, I was here. I, was, I actually bought a place in Atlanta uh, three years ago. And so when I met you, I was commuting between New York and Atlanta. So I'd work in New York okay. Monday through Thursday, and then I would spend uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Atlanta. So I knew, uh, but you know, I knew about four years ago, three or four years ago that I wanted to get back here uh, okay. to Atlanta. Um, Family-wise, I, I don't have kids of my own, but I have uh, five nieces and nephews who I'm very close with um, and two, two sisters. They all live, we all live in a, in a bike riding um, distance of each other here in Atlanta. So it was important for me to be back close to them. And, um, you know, I had done what I wanted to do in New York and was ready to, to get back down here. Are you folks, your parents still alive and healthy and they're still around? Uh, both my parents passed away. So that was, you know, that was also part of my, my family is my sisters who were, were all lucky that we're, we're friends as well as family. So it's, um, you know, that was a, another thing that drew me back here as well. What'd your, what'd your folks do? Was, was your mom and dad, either one of them in journalism or communications or what? I'm just wondering yeah, where the passion yeah. came from. It's funny. My dad was, uh, was a kind of an entrepreneur through later in his life, but early in his life, before I was born, he was worked at, at the local newspaper. Um, so he did that. My uncle, who's my on my dad's side, was a journalist, uh, covered the White House for the Baltimore Sun uh, in the cool. Watergate days. And then he was a writer for The Economist. Um, ah. So he, he you know, comes, it does come, I guess, honestly, through the through the through that side of the bloodline. My mom was a teacher, but... Um, so. Ah, okay. Okay. All of that goes together. And then you majored in journalism, of course, at Georgia. Okay. Got it. It all ties together. I, yeah, somehow, it. Yeah. What was that? I did. I studied in Georgia and I worked at, you know, local radio stations here in Atlanta and then, um, and then, you know, then, then left it for a, for a long time. It was always a consumer, always a, a voracious cons consumer of news and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, a student, I guess, of, of the industry. Interesting that as you worked for uh, companies throughout your career, and then some, some digital companies and some media companies, you got pulled into, you know, some of the HR and the culture and the people stuff. I guess that really speaks to your people skills, probably your leadership skills and, and things like that, because you kind of got pulled into those areas, which I'm guessing you enjoyed, but wasn't necessarily your number one passion, right? I don't know. How tell me, how did that work? Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's a it's a passion. I mean, after journalism, after college, I I also studied uh, psychology, so I worked and got mm -hmm. a master's in, in clinical social work and got a um, worked in a psychiatric hospital. So it's been a it's been a crazy 
you know, well, I shouldn't say crazy after saying psychiatric hospital. It's been a, a fun, uh, wild ride. So I've had a lot of great experiences. And I think that my personality um, it did sort of lead me towards that part of, of working at, in, in startups. And I mean, if you remember, we, I'm, I didn't go back and listen to our previous conversation, but I, you know, I got into that HR role at Outbrain in an accidental way. Um, you know, there was, it was, had, I had sort of become, you know, the, the person that people came to, um, you know, at a startup like that, you're, you know, when you're my age, you're kind of the oldest person at the company. And so uh, I think I was, I hope I was able to lend, you know, sympathetic, um, empathetic, you know, and a little bit of wisdom and experience. And so I, I, I really enjoy that. And I mean, I think I look at any, you know, this is my first entrepreneurial venture we'll talk about, but I, you know, I look at any of this stuff, you know, through the lens of, of, you know, building a team. If we build a team that's right and get people that are committed and, and motivated to do good work, then, you know, then we're going to be successful. So, mm -hmm. so I, I, yeah, I always enjoyed that part of, um, that part of it. And since I left Outbrain, I mean, even in the last year, as I've been looking for this type of opportunity, I've been doing consulting with some local companies on, you know, organizational stuff and helping them, I see. you know, with the, you know, with the managerial and the, um, you know, coaching type stuff. I feel like a lot of people hang a single and say they're coaches these days, but um, yeah. I, do, I do enjoy it uh, and, and, you know, hope to keep doing it as much as I can, both with my own team and, and then also with others as I can. Was that the plan? Was, was you, were you looking for something to purchase when you were still living in New York? Was that, was that the plan? You wanted to buy something of your own and then while you were doing that, you were just going to do some consulting to pay the bills and, and along the way. Was that kind of the strategy? No, not, not really. I, I, I was, you know, I had a great time at Outbrain and I, and I wanted to be back in Atlanta and, um, you know, it didn't make sense pre-pandemic for me to be the head of HR living in a different city. Um, that didn't make a lot of sense. Now, looking back, it's, um, you know, that everyone's remote. Maybe it would have been a little bit different, but, you know, we had a very, um, you know, organized and, and, you know, amicable exit plan for me to, to wind down and hand off those responsibilities. And I see, um, we did a great, you know, I think that that went really well. And then the plan was for me to come back to Atlanta. I mean, one of the things that, that drives me uh, and ties into this, this newspaper venture is that I, I wanted to be back in Atlanta to, to really be engaged in the community um, a little bit more civically. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, as, as, as everyone who turns on any sort of news, uh, whether it's picking up the newspaper or TV radio, you, you know that Georgia is the center of the world right now um, for about six more days. Um, and so, you know, to me, that was a driving force for me to be back here. And, you know, it felt, it feels like Atlanta and Georgia are the kind of place that you can make an impact. Um, okay. It's pretty hard in New York to be, um, you know, to, to make an impact. Um, you know, it's so much of, of, of that's driven by, uh, you know, just sort of a different level of, um, uh, of economics than I, than I am, am in or aspire to, quite frankly. But, you know, in Atlanta, you can really, you can really do, um, do things that make an impact um, on a daily basis. So that was a big driver for me to get back here. And then, you know, the, the, you know, doing the work I was doing has been really meaningful with the, with the small local companies. But, you know, I, I, and then I started looking around at small businesses to buy. Um, okay. and, and I, and I, you know, basically 
got introduced to this guy who was who had started um, Springs Publishing, which is a newspaper company, and he was looking for a, a succession plan. Um, he was ready to retire, and we, you know, really hit it off as as friends. We had some shared um, life experiences. We I was telling that when I did the intro to the team, and we, we, we drive the same car, we have the same dog, we ride the same uh, exercise bike, which I guess a lot of people do now, um, have Peloton, <laughs> but we just, we, you know, shared sensibilities and the importance of, um, you know, what the, the, the papers were doing in the communities that they serve. And so once I started talking to, to him about, about the business, I just, I, it ignited a, a fire inside of me that I hadn't had in, in, in years. Um, and so that's what, what got the conversation going. And that's how I got to, you know, into the, into the mix. But why don't you tell us, can you give the listeners a Springs <laughs> publishing overview real quick uh, and the different uh, publications they have real fast uh, for those. Yeah, and then, so then Springs, publishing the, Springs publishing is the corporate name. Not a lot of folks know that <clears throat> as a consumer, but we have, um, we have six, I mean, the, you know, the company that I acquired has six publications um, and they're all monthly print publications, um, which are, which we'll talk about and are still driving, um, you know, the bulk of the revenue and five of them are, ver are, are, are geographic. So they're what we call hyper-local. So they serve okay. really five of the most influential and, you know, affluent communities in Atlanta. So we, we're in, um, you know, the communities that are called uh, Dunwoody, Sandy Springs, Buckhead, and Brookhaven, um, which are sort of the ring on the north side of it, of the city of Atlanta. Buckhead's actually in Atlanta. Um, and then we have one that serves the, what's called the in-town community. So that would be your more, um, you know, sort of urban living in Atlanta, um, in-town communities. And then we have a vertical publication called Atlanta Senior Life which goes to this, the active senior community. And that one's not tied to geography. That one goes outside of uh, you know, our other, other, other coverage areas. I see. Uh, but it's a real exciting um, vertical. I mean, that space uh, is, is, is super interesting. It's growing, um, you know, it's more boomers age and people um, you know, looking for, to get information out to that community and also for marketers to reach um, that demographic is a is, is is has been something that's super important to them. And what's the um, I don't know how you measure yourself in the in the in the newspaper world or the publishing world. Do you measure it by uh, readers, subscribers? What what? And can you talk about any of that? Can you go into any details for how large it is from a reader perspective? Yeah. So we're. I mean, we're. So our model is is we're a community newspaper, which means. You know, sometimes these are referred to as alternative papers. Our distribution model is is we're free, so we're not subscription based. So we okay. we distribute uh, to in the mail using a a service that the postal service uh, has that we pay for, and we distribute in the mail to zip codes in our communities. So whether you want it or not, you're going to get our paper in your mailbox. I see. Uh, and the mail delivery is a is a differentiator for us quality wise because it you know it, it means that it's not sitting on the end of your driveway uh for you to pick up during a rainstorm it's not sitting on your in your driveway when you may be on vacation and have to worry about um, you know maybe safety issues and so um it's we're a high quality print product that comes in the mail uh, almost you know like a direct mail piece but just with a lot of great content in it 
And then we also, you know, distribute or we, you know, publish on the web. So we're all of our information is available on our websites. It's all free. There's no paywall. So we are 100% advertiser supported um, right now. And so, gotcha. we, um, yeah. So so there, there's no real subscription number uh, to talk about, and and um, okay. and that. But we, you know, we publish. We print about eighty-five thousand. Uh, copies a month in our geographic um, areas. I see. Uh, that go into those neighborhoods. Yeah. About eighty-five thousand. And does that go to every address and the zip codes that you service? Is that how that works? Yeah, more or less. I mean, there's a couple of little quirks where we don't we don't distribute right now to multi-family housing. So we go to homeowners um, in those communities and not to some of the larger like apartment complexes. But we we do okay. just. Um, we do distribute some of those into like their, um, we drop them off in their community room. And then we also put, um, we also drop off newspapers at um, high-end businesses around town. So your cafes, your restaurants, your Whole Foods. I see. Um, kind of places um, as well. So it's like your local, you know, alt weekly, monthly newspaper that you may pick up uh, when you're sitting down to have brunch or uh, have a cup of coffee. Do you think more, do you have more readers from the printed material or more readers looking at your stuff online, you think? Any idea? Well, I'm not, I, I don't have a great sense yet, but I mean, I think, you know, our online numbers are, are way higher. Um, okay, okay. So, okay, yeah. so, so, so obviously people are still advertising in, in these publications or else you wouldn't be in business, right? I mean, because if you're, you know, if it's, if it's not subscription-based, then, you know, uh, you're, People are paying for ads, so it's obviously still making money. <laughs> it's a profitable, you know, small business. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's great. I mean, it's a very clean uh, type of business. It's you know, it's one revenue source, and you know, we are a, a sensible uh, way for local and, and regional businesses as well to reach a really coveted demographic uh, in Atlanta. So if you're mm -hmm. a you're a local business, if you're real estate, if you're uh, medical or specialty medical, um, you know, you know, businesses, and you're looking to connect with your local community, um, you know, we are we are the the most efficient way to do that. Yeah. What what are the bulk of the advertisers? Local restaurants, local real estate agents, local insurance agents. What what? Yeah. Well, who are your heavy advertisers? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, real estate, medical, uh, or specialty medical, uh, and then the professional services, legal, parents, um, and then, you know, restaurants are going through a really tough time right now. Um, so we're not mm -hmm. really, we're looking at other ways that we can help that community. Um, right. So right. A really high quality editorial, um, you know, really getting out, getting the word out about them and the ones that are doing good work, but we're not. Uh, you know, we're not sending the sales team and knock on restaurant doors right, right. now. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Same for I'm, me. Same for me. Our recruiting, our recruiting uh, sales force here, we're not knocking on restaurant doors to see if we can do any recruiting for them right now. Probably yeah. not a good idea. Yeah, yeah it's, a, <laughs> it's, really, it's a really difficult time. Uh, so... So did you, did you bootstrap this thing yourself? I mean, not bootstrap, but you purchased it yourself. Did you have any partners? Is it all you? Are you 100% owner? How much of that can you go into? Yeah, it's me. I mean, it's me and the, and the you know, and the previous owner is helping me, helping me do it. So, oh, okay. So we're in it, we're in it, we're in it together. Um, okay. 
Okay, so he, you're, you worked out a deal where you're buying it from him probably over time or some sort of buy in, buyout or whatever. I don't know, whatever it's structured. Are yeah. you in, let me ask a question though, during, during this early phase though, are you in control? Are you, can you do whatever you want or do you, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do whatever I want. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's not my personality. I like to build consensus and- I hear you, I hear you. Getting input from, from other folks that know a lot more about this business than me. I, I, um, you know, I tell the team, you know, I think, you know, what I bring to the table is a lot of energy and enthusiasm for, for the business and for the community. I mean, Atlanta is going through just a real boom, you know, boom time right now um, in a lot of different areas, business, um, civically, you know, we, you know, all eyes are on Atlanta right now. Um, and, and also um, culturally, you know, the influence of Atlanta um, around, the, around the world really between whether it's music or you know the filming industry the, the movie industry um you know shoots more films in georgia than it does in california now so really really didn't know that and you know fortune 500 companies moving here uh all the time so so atlanta is uh it's a it's a great place i mean as a lot of my friends from la or new york tell me you know if, if, if there was an ocean in atlanta you know everyone would be living here well it's not far it's not far. I mean, uh, you know, you can go down to Destin. Uh, you can get to Destin in what? I don't know, three hours, two hours. What is it? I don't even know. I was just there over Thanksgiving, but um, yeah, I mean, Charleston's five hours away. Hilton Head's four and a half hours away. So it's yeah, it's doable. But if you're a, if you're a daily surfer, it's it's a it's a far way. <laughs> but uh, it's a real boom time for for Atlanta. How many employees you got? So we have uh, seven full time employees right now um got a couple of open heads that we're we're actively recruiting for okay okay, uh, so, so, okay. Both, both on the editorial side and then you know it's ever since the announcement came out i've heard from from you know old colleagues and folks that are that are you know want to know what we're doing and and and, and you know want to see what they can see if there's a way for them to work with us it now does it um is everything remote uh, as far as your workers and then, and then what about the print, the physical print? Are you, does that, is that outsourced? Or do you have your own press, uh, the, your own machinery? What, what, talk to me about that. Uh, yeah, go ahead. We're, we're super nimble. I mean, we don't, you know, one of the things that, you know, makes the business profitable is we don't own printing presses. We don't own trucks. Um, okay. So we, we outsource our printing to a, to a local um, printing press that's here that does a lot of, um, work in the area. I think they're the biggest, someone told me today, they're the biggest employer in their county in Georgia. So okay. they're about halfway between here and Athens. Um, we have a great relationship with them and they do super high quality work. And, you know, we've, we've been using them from the very beginning. And then um, we are, we are basically a virtual company. I mean, we have an office suite where we, um, you know, people can go into if they need, but since, uh, you know, since March, everyone's been working remotely and you know, obviously with, with the different cloud platforms, we're able to produce the paper and, and, you know, keep things going um, in a virtual world. And, you know, I think it's, you know, one of the exciting things about this business is, you know, we don't want salespeople sitting around at their desk. We want them out right. as much as they can in the current climate, you know, talking to people, walking the streets, seeing what's happening, what's opening in our communities. And then, you know, the same with the journalists. Um, but it's been a, you know, since the, you know, with, with, since the pandemic, I mean, the, a lot of the stuff that we cover in the local governments, the city council, the zoning boards, et cetera, 
you know, now they're all virtual. So we can have, uh, you know, we can have someone that's covering, you know, stuff without sitting in, in Atlanta traffic, which is um, great. You know, if there is a, anything in the con category of Atlanta traffic is, is, is uh, would probably be one of those things. What's been, the, what's been the scariest thing for you so far? The, the per, besides, besides the personal, you know, income that you put into it, your personal funds, besides that, besides writing the check, what's been the scariest thing for you so far? I mean, I, I'm still, I'm super excited. I mean, I did a great, had a great conversation with the local columnist for the Atlanta, um, for the big Atlanta paper, the daily paper, um, the Atlanta Journal Constitution, which is, um, you know, doing a great job. And, and, you know, he, his lead in the article was, you know, I heard the community paper was getting sold and I had to find out who the nut job that was buying it was. So he, um, you know, the rest of the article was, 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 was pretty, was fair, super fair and positive and funny. Um, so it's, yeah, there's definitely, this is my first time being an entrepreneur. So I imagine other folks wake up in the middle of the night with a to-do list of that they're going over in their head um, to do, I think. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm still excited. I mean, there's a lot of macroeconomic headwinds in the publishing industry and in the news media industry across the board. And, you know, those are, those are very real. There's no, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're not. Um, but the hyper-local space and the way that this business has been built and the way that I think we can operate the business, um, you know, is, is still, you know, in, a, in an efficient, um, profitable way. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I told the team, I bring, you know, a, a lot of energy to the table, a, a little bit of capital and, and a lot of, you know, healthy dose of naivete. So, you know, I think being able, which has, you know, generally been my, hopefully my MO in life of being able to say, I don't have all the answers and, you know, ask questions and defer to people that know a lot more about this stuff than me. Um, you know, I'm really confident that we're, we're going to be successful. And, and I think that the reaction from the community and people reaching out to me that have known me for a long time, um, you know, that, that, you know, both personally and professionally is, is overwhelmingly been positive. And so um, I'm, ex- I'm taking a lot of energy from that and, and, and moving forward. You know, there's a couple of things I thought about I wanted to share with you as I was preparing yesterday and today for the interview. You know, first of all, I, I've seen uh, Facebook and some other giant companies try to do local stuff or try to try to navigate through like you can click on this or click on that and try to get some local news. But really, it's just not good. It's not it's not it's not good They're they haven't, there's no local reporter here from any giant firm talking to a local business owner about something, you know, so it's not, it's really not, it's, it's not um, entertaining and it's not educational and it just doesn't work from what I've seen. I'm not an expert on it, but I have seen bigger companies try to do local, local stuff that doesn't work. That's the first thing I thought about. The other thing I thought about was there is in the little town I live in, because I live in a small rural town in northern Colorado, farm town, farm community, for the most part, it has a little paper, Johnstown Breeze. If somebody was putting that in my mailbox once a month or once every two weeks, I would read it. If it, if it came in the mailbox, I would read it, um, to your point, because I do want to know what's going on in the community nobody's knocked on my door to try to get me to buy a subscription. And I don't know if I would buy a subscription, but from what you told me, like if that paper is hitting my mailbox and I'm not having to pay for it, 
yes, I would, I would pick it up and I would read it to your point. And so that's why I like the model that you described. And I think that could go over well in a bunch of communities. Maybe you should buy some more newspapers. <laughs> I went with a couple of local communities and, you know, they asked what my plan was to buy more. And I said, let's get, you know, let's get one, get one right first and, uh, or one group right first and, um, and then see, but I, you know, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's the information, whether you live in, you know, a small rural community in, in Northern Colorado or, 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 you know, in one of the 10 biggest cities in the country, um, in, in Atlanta, like, you know, needing to know what's happening in your neighborhood with your school board, with your, you know, with your zoning, your city council, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, in big cities across the country, you know, there, there's crime and people, you know, need to know about public safety issues as well. Um, but, you know, one of the first people to reach out to me when this went through was a local city councilman in Sandy Springs. And, you know, he said to me, you know, the, the, it's a, the, political, you know, uh, what's a, what, what the saying is of, of, you know, ethics wise, you know, would you do this if you knew it would end up on the front page of the paper? If there's no front page of the paper, you know, then our government is is operating, you know, without any sort of um, mm. Mm. thing. So, you know, there is a, um, you know, not to, to, to sound too grandiose about it, there is a civic mm. or maybe important to sound you know grandiose about it because it's a you know for these local communities that we serve we are the paper of record there is a city council there is a mayor um you know there are people are paying a lot of taxes these are you know very affluent communities so you know folks need to know need to be held yep. accountable and so that you know that sort of journalism and, and you know being a student of it for a long time is is critically important um, and there's been an erosion of trust, you know, across the board, whether you're in local media or you're in national media, there's been an erosion of trust of what to, to believe. So, you know, I think it's, I think what we're in that sense, what we're doing is just critically important to a, you know, to a well-functioning society. And if I can do a little bit of that, if we can do a little bit of that in our little neck of the woods, or slice of the world, then, you know, then that's great. And, you know, if we can do it in a way that makes that's profitable and allows us to be sustainable, then that's even better. Mm, very good. Now to, to spice it up with a little entertainment here, a little Hollywood, uh, what happens when uh, some powerful guy in town finds out you're about to write a story and you know, you come home one night and there's some goon sitting out in your driveway. He's like, Hey man, you can't write that story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I gotta tell him where I live. So that's uh, <laughs> that, uh, that I mean, look, it's a, it's a, I know that you're, you're being tongue in cheek about it. And it's, uh, you know, at the end of the year, you read all these yearly recap stories. It's a, it's a major issue around the world, right? The safety of, of journalists. And it is. Um, it so is. Not, yeah. You know, yeah. I know that you, you're not being dismissive of it, but it is something that's critically important. You know, I'll take that question and sort of twist it a little, which is like, you know, if people find out we're writing about them and they complain or they try to pressure us in non-violent uh, ways to stop, you know, it's, yep. you know, I love it because I, I, it means that we're being read. It means people care, you know, so the more, the more letters we get from folks complaining about our coverage, um, as long as I know that the coverage is fair and our journalists are working in the ethical way that they are, and, and I know that they are. 
then you know I'm happy that people care enough to write um, to write letters. So so I hope that that that's a problem that we continue to have. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, if you don't have some haters, so to speak, if you don't have some people upset at something, uh, not enough people are reading you. We get that that happens with our own podcast as well. Like we, we actually want, we don't want, I mean, we want some pushback on some of the stuff we push, we put out, or that means we don't have enough viewers. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, oh, you're right. All, all joking aside, uh, I did think about the political aspect of the stuff you're dealing with in small town or, or even small, uh, smaller communities where, yeah, you're, you're going to publish stuff that's going to piss people off sometimes, or, Let's say there's a there's somebody that's been placing a bunch of ads in your paper for five years because she has a business and all of a sudden a competitor opens up that, that you do a giant story on it and you put it on the front page and then she calls you and you're like, damn, Keith, I've been paying you. You know, you know yeah, I can just see it all, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, that, I mean, it's that, that trade-off that we need to be, you know, we're objective and you know, we're, we're not wading into a ton of controversy. I mean, as a community newspaper, yeah. we're, you know, we're, we're being fair and covering it yeah. and people wouldn't know which we don't, there's not a side that we take, but, you know, we're also really leaning into, you know, the coverage that, you know, engages people around food, around real estate, you know, arts and culture. And so, you know, to the extent that we come out of, as the vaccine, you know, really takes hold and, and you know, our, our cultural life picks back up, you know, I think that's going to be an area too that we're, you know, that people come to us for that sort of what's happening. Why should it, what should I go see? What should I go listen to? Yep. So we, you know, we want to be, we want to be fair cover, you know, independent cover, coverers of that stuff, but we also want to be supportive of that community because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a vital piece to, to us functioning. How do you balance, you know, just, reporting the facts versus taking sides and all of that stuff. You know, I, you hear all this noise from people that, you know, they're like, Oh, well, CNN is this and Fox is that. And all these different outlets take sides on everything, or at least people think they do, whether or not they do or not. I don't know, but you know, people think they do, you know, whatever the side is, right. Uh, whether it's uh, liberal conservative, COVID, not COVID, masks, not mask, whatever, whatever the topic is, it seems like everybody gets pushed into a side. How do you, um, are you planning on just trying to be as neutral as possible on stuff? Like, how do you navigate that as a, as a journalist? Yeah, well, I'm not a journalist, so I should say that up front. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm responsible for the editorial side because I'm responsible, uh, for the company, but yeah. I don't, I can see my byline in the in the paper and and I you know I defer to our journalists who are professional you know career journalists to make those you know to make the right decisions there um I think that you, you know the we alluded to earlier there's been you know an erosion of trust in in information right there's no more discernible truth um in our national discord and you know why that is, you know, we can, I'm sure people can debate that and, and get to an answer. But I think, you know, the more that people are in their echo chambers and they only see what's in their Facebook feed, um, they curate, you know, that down to an area that makes them feel good. And they're just constantly reassured, um, you know, that's not a very healthy place to be. And we all, you know, you know, all of us from 
the top down, you know, go into that, into that bubble, unfortunately. So, you know, our, our goal as a community paper, I think is to, you know, to not engage in those, um, you know, those divisive topics. Um, you know, I think that we're generally able to, you know, to cover things that are on the local level, which I think, you know, haven't really bubbled up to that level of divisiveness that you refer to. Um, so, you know, this is not, an, we're not an inherently political um, paper, um, or, you know, or, or publisher. That's just not our mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. local politics. Um, and there certainly are a lot of um, issues right now in Atlanta that, you know, are pretty, um, are pretty heated, um, whether it's around uh, schools going back um, into session, which is, you know, which is obviously a big thing right now, crime, we're headed into a year of mayoral elections in two of our um, cities that we cover, uh, at least two of those. So, so there, you know, there is stuff that does fall into, I think, the dynamic that you mentioned, which is, you know, people may disagree vehemently on on these topics. Um, but we're gonna, you know, we're, we're gonna be as as fair as we can be in covering those independently. It is it is nice to get news on something else, though, right? Like for example, even myself, I'm just sitting here as we're talking. I'm thinking, you know. They keep saying they're going to redo Charlotte Street and they're going to redo all the sewer lines and redo the sidewalks all the way down one of the main streets in town. And I'd like to know when that's going to happen because I live on that street. We voted to build a new high school. Okay, well, that's cool. I wonder when that's going in and where's it going, by the way? I don't know. Nobody's told me. You know why? Because I'm opening up Facebook, seeing all this national news. That I really don't give a shit about the, the super negative anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, we want to be a little bit of good news. We want to be real and, and, and keep you focused on what's happening in your hyper local yeah. world. And, you know, it's, and, you know, it's, it's, it's I like it. It's, it's important for society for sure. I like it. So you're, you're a big time entrepreneur now. You've taken a ton of risks uh, at this already. All time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I really, uh, Hey, I'm, I'm super excited for you. I, you know, there's going to be some, um, I'm sure you've had them already. You know, there's going to be a few nights where you wake up at three o'clock in the morning, walking around in your living room going, Oh man, what did I, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm super lucky too that, that everyone stayed on board and, you know, the team knows, we're, we're not changing, we're changing as little as possible about the business. So, you know, we want clients to not be disrupted. I want the team to be focused on what they're doing. Uh, I've been through enough mergers and acquisitions and integrations to know that it can be a distraction. So, you know, my, my goal first and foremost is to really not change anything. Um, you know, I want people to, to keep functioning and doing what they're doing. So, um, you know, I hope, you know, again, injecting some energy, some fresh ideas, new ways to look at things and, you know, healthy dose of naivete to, um, to go along with it is, is um, you know, hopefully going to be, be additive to what we're doing. Last time you were on the show, I asked you what your core purpose in life was. And at that time, you said you, you, you wanted to just make an impact. You wanted to make an impact in the world. You want to go deeper on that with core purpose? Have you thought about that any further? How would you define your core purpose now in life? Well, I think it's that that's still that's still it. I mean, I think this is a this is a big step towards towards doing that. And I, you know, I don't think I realized 
how much of an impact it would it would have. I've, I've been you know pleasantly you know overwhelmed with the response from people, and um, you know it's it's people are excited, and, and and to me, if we can you know provide a great product that does you know provide information and, and keep people informed, and to me that's you know headed towards that goal. Um, of, of doing that. So, uh, I'll stick with that. Um, I'll stick Very with that. Good. Very good. So for the listeners, by the way, the main website, uh, is reporternewspapers.net. Is that correct? Yeah, that's our, that's our four, um, geographic ones in the Northern kind of suburbs of Atlanta. So that's okay. Dunwoody, Buckhead and, and Brookhaven. And then, um, we have Atlanta in town paper, um, dot com and we're working on just getting everything kind of sort of more standardized digitally to um you know to present a more unified front okay um, well but you can get to everything that we have through um yeah through that reporter newspapers or or even springspublishing.com or springspublishings.com okay springspublishing.com or reporternewspapers.net okay very good keith thank you so much for being on the rider flex podcast and congratulations no, thanks for reaching out. And I, I, I'm going to make you go on the record and say, have me back in, in a quarter or two when I have some more experience under my belt and see how we're, see how we're doing. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it, my man. Thank you so much, sir. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button. The RiderFlex podcast features entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there, as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviewing. You can visit RiderFlex.com to learn more about us and get information and pricing on the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.